Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CX Cast. I'm your host, Angelina Jenis. Today, I'm joined by a colleague, Leslie Joseph. He is a principal analyst serving CIOs, and he's going to talk about automation today and why CX Pro should care about it. Leslie, thank you so much for joining. Hi, Angelina. Hi. So can you start by telling us a little bit about your coverage area at Forrester more broadly? So I've been with Forrester for about three and a half years now, and I'm known for my coverage of uh, space called Robotic Process Automation, or RPA. But I also cover low-code software, write about the broader themes sort of connected to process automation and its role in the context of digital business and digital transformation. And I advise clients on how to operationalize and future-proof their uh, enterprise automation programs. Got it. So automation, is that everything that the humans don't do? What is automation? How would you define it? Well, that's a fair starting point, the way definitions go. The problem with defining it as everything that humans don't do is that we almost tend to imply that automation and human work sort of exist in two completely separate universes, which are seemingly almost disconnected from each other. We try to make it kind of an either or with those definitions, but the reality is a little more nuanced, right? I guess it's best to think of automation as sort of a spectrum of human-machine collaboration. So let's say that the somewhat futuristic end goal is this completely automated, completely autonomous enterprise. So this would be, think of an organization that is defined by being completely self-aware, self-correcting, and self-directed in its nature and requiring very little human oversight over core processes, uh, either from a planning or execution point of view. So if you think about this kind of organization, We consider this as being five on a scale of zero to five. The scale would also have a level zero, level one, two, three, and four. And each of these levels would describe a different combination of uh, human-machine collaboration. So at zero, you'd find maybe an organization where everything from control to execution to monitoring, everything is done by humans with maybe some support from systems of record, but kind of passive support, right? So no active interventions. And that's also kind of a bit of a fantasy because there aren't too many organizations that are at zero today, but most organizations are or exist at somewhere between one and three today on the scale with varying degrees of human and machine collaboration and varying degrees of work orchestration between humans and machines across the three elements that I spoke about, right? Control, monitoring, and execution. Now, sounds very abstract, but let me give you an example. So think about The financial services scenario where a human wealth manager might be interacting with a client. So they're doing what they're best conditioned to do, which is managing the relationship and the conversation and so on. But they might also be using automation in the form of maybe a next best action or decisioning system that's running on their laptops that helps guide their recommendations to the client. Or maybe they're leveraging an RPA bot to help them with aggregating information from different systems or assembling a portfolio report for the for a customer so it's it's really a spectrum is i guess the point ooh you had me at next best action so where does one even begin to introduce automation into experiences it's an interesting question because in cx i guess there's always been this focus on automation but a lot of it has been on automating certain elements or sprinklings of those key customer touch points where it would create a certain level of value for customers. Whereas process professionals or automation professionals are typically looking at an entire set of processes or the execution of a process across front, middle, and back office. 
And so when you think about what to automate, part of the reason why there is this big disconnect is that both these camps are looking at different parts, different parts of the elephant, if you will, and coming to different conclusions, right? Whereas this intersection of the two, which is what I've been proposing and championing in some of my recent reports, is where the real value is, because there are some interesting things that are going on in the space of automation itself. First of all, I guess this is something that we talk about quite a bit, but if you think about what's been going on with digitization for over a decade, everybody's been investing in digital transformation. Paradoxically, everybody's been investing in pretty much the same things under the digital umbrella over the last several years. So if you think about any industry, even pre-pandemic, we kind of reached this point, the situation where if you looked at any industry, the top five competitors, the top eight competitors, they all pretty much looked the same because they were all creating the same kinds of experiences based on the same kind of software stacks or technology stacks using kind of similar processes anyway. And so what ended up happening was that there wasn't too much of a differentiation. Everybody just looked the same. And we call this digital sameness at Forrester, right? We got to this point where you couldn't stop investing in digital because the day you stopped investing, you were dead. But then every single incremental dollar that you were investing in digital wasn't really adding up in terms of the amount of differentiation that it created for you. And then you had automation technologies emerge and get frighteningly good so that over time, where we are at today is that if you are facing this digital sameness because of everything else that we talked about, then automation and intelligent automation really becomes that next opportunity to step up your game and create that breakaway sort of differentiation. But at the same time with automation, what was also happening was that automation itself was coming out of the back office. And many organizations had already automated away their simple repetitive tasks, their back office stuff. And they were looking for the next level of processes to automate. And invariably, a lot of these processes bumped up against and intersected with front office interactions and uh, had either a direct impact on CX or somewhere created an indirect impact on the customer metrics because of the fact that there were these long process chains that ended up in a customer touch point. So I think it's really interesting to uh, examine that dynamic and see how these two worlds really though appearing disconnected, are actually very convergent in some senses with the advances in, in, in automation technology itself. A lot of CX teams are looking for win-wins. They're looking to add value for the customer and then also add value for the business. So it, it sounds like automation is an opportunity for a win-win. Do you have any examples that could bring to life how automation can support the customer experience? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting that the more you start looking for these examples, the more you see. One of my earliest conversations in the context of RPA when I started out covering the space was with uh, a CMO, Chief Marketing Officer. It was a very interesting conversation. And one of the things that she said to me was the fact that automation for her, and now keep in mind that the technology environment with marketing is, is already a very open, connected environment where you can do a lot of things. There isn't a lot of legacy to kind of have to deal with. You already have a certain connectivity and openness and sharing between applications and so on. But what the CMO told me was the fact that to her, you know, the fact that she had certain automation tools, uh, she specifically was pointing, about, pointing to robotic process automation, but she was also talking about others, enabled her to create, even in this modern sort of environment, cases or situations where she could drive customer insight in ways that were not possible individually. So she was talking about this example where she was able to bring data using RPA 
from disparate customer systems to connect a customer journey with churn data to create a new set of insights into how they could view customers and how they could interact. So that was one example which I thought was very interesting. But what was super interesting in, the, in that conversation was the fact that she called automation the last mile of digital transformation, which is something that I hadn't really heard before. And that sparked a series of thoughts. So I think there was that. Um, and then when you start looking there, there are tons of examples, right? I've spoken about in one of my reports about this example where there was a so Boston Medical Center, which is based in New York City, Angelina. Mm -hmm. They were using virtual nurses, which were essentially sort of automated interaction points to, to engage their patients even after they were discharged to make sure that these patients, even though they were not in the hospital, they were taking care of themselves on a regular basis. And that was a great way to improve the customer experience and also create business value by making sure that these patients did not come back and end up in the hospital again. They were doing the right things, exhibiting the right healing behaviors and so on. Another great example, which I think you'll find very interesting is chatbots, right? So obviously we've, we all know what a chatbot is. We've been using chatbots in CX for years and years. The thing about chatbots is that there are two kinds of conversations that a chatbot can have. The first is purely informational. So you ask the chatbot, what's my baggage allowance? And let's say it's an airline and the chatbot says it's so-and-so pounds, whatever. And obviously you have only so many kinds of pure information-based chatbots out there. The second kind is where you're expecting the chatbot to do something for you. In the contact center parlance, those are called action-based queries. And that's where a lot of chatbots traditionally have kind of limited themselves to information delivery rather than to creating actions downstream that then go to reducing the customer's effort or whatnot. And now with automation technology becoming more and more capable and also conversational capability becoming more and more intelligent, I guess, is, is the word. What you can do now is you can actually connect a conversational entity, a conversational bot, a chatbot, or a voice bot to something on the back end, which could be an API's you know, workflow-based um, agent or an RPA bot or something else to actually create some of those downstream actions on an automated trigger based on the conversation that weren't possible before. So in a sense, what you've essentially done is you've expanded the footprint of the chatbot, but you've also created more and more avenues to reduce customer effort and to improve their capability to get things done and improve, therefore, their uh, customer satisfaction levels, while at the same time uh, not having to invest more and more human effort into that process. So you've automated it, but also automated it intelligently and in a way that preserves customer experience. So it's win-win. I love that. It makes me wonder if a CX leader is totally new to automation, who are these experts in the organization that they should be looking to, to partner with? on automation? Another great question. I think uh, one of the reasons why I even started writing the report about CX and automation was there was this, this latent frustration in me when I saw that there were these two parts of the organization that had, essentially, they were converging in terms of their goals and what they, what they ended up doing or how they ended up impacting the customer experience. And they had different sets of tools which were specialized for their way of looking at the world, but they never really got together and sat across the table to work with each other in one cohesive way to solve these customer problems. So you've got CX professionals who have customer journey maps and their insights into motivations and so on. 
and they talk a completely different language. They're talking about customer effort and customer satisfaction and all of that nice stuff. Whereas on the other hand, you've got process modelers and automation professionals who have their set of tools, but their conversations are all usually about cost and throughput and things like that, which, which are important, obviously. But then the moment the two streams start to collide, you have to have this scenario where both CX professionals as well as automation professionals are sitting across the table, are increasingly collaborating to create both customer value as well as process value. And part of my frustration was stemming from the fact that this almost never happened. You never get a scenario, at least in the automation world, where you've got all these uh, centers of excellence and you've got a governance council and what have you. And I have almost never, except maybe more recently over the last uh, nine to 12 months in very sporadic cases, I've usually almost never come across a case where there is a CX professional sitting at the automation table or an automation professional sitting at the CX table. And it's a bit of a disconnect. So coming back to your question, I think it's really important that both sides build these bridges with each other and share their tools, their knowledge, their understanding of uh, their world with each other so that there can be a more holistic approach to building great customer experiences that are surrounded by automation. And I think the, the reason why it is especially important uh, to do so is the fact that today, if you go back to my conversation about digital saneness and everything that I said about automation being the next stage of digital differentiation, I feel that from an automation point of view, we are embarking on this. We're probably at the, at the very early stages of what I think is a five to eight year technology cycle, where an automation is going to be such a critical part of organizational success. And I feel like the next stage of digital disruptors will all be autonomous enterprises. And so it's really important for a new CX professional, new CX leader to really start building these bridges with automation and obviously vice versa. It's, it's also important for automation to really sit across the table with CX. It's really helpful to have a vision of where this is going. And I like that your report, which for the audience's references, CX participation is vital to automation success, gives an early warning that this is where we're heading and we want to be included in the conversation. And CX teams love an opportunity to collaborate, so I'm sure a lot of folks are game. In that report, you talk about the automation operating cycle, and I appreciated how easy it was to follow along. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yes. So when an automation professional or automation team goes about creating automations or thinking about what kind of processes should be prioritized or even understanding the kind of impact of automating a process, they do it pretty much in isolation. But when you think about the steps involved, a lot of these steps have much similarity or a lot to inherit from the customer experience cycle, right? So uh, there are areas, for example, prioritization. Today, if a process modeler or an automation expert sits down to model a process, they're usually looking at it from the point of view of what ROI can I create from this in terms of typically in terms of cost savings? And then how much complexity is inherent in the process that may prevent me from achieving this ROI? So think about it as value against effort. The one thing that they don't add in here is really customer insights. So when you think about just cost or just ROI from a process, let's say you shrunk a couple of steps on the process or automated a few steps, and you're purely thinking about the world in terms of effort and the reduction of said effort. 
Whereas what you need is to really have this balanced scorecard kind of approach. So there is a certain value from eliminating costs from the process, but maybe there is a certain additional value that you may, might create by you know, incorporating certain amounts of customer insight that therefore create that next jump or this additional set of value within the process that you might not have understood or realized from a pure focus on cost. So there are similarly across the board, when you think about prioritization, when you think about measurement, when you think about governance, I saw a lot of alignment between the CX process flow and the, the automation process flow. Unfortunately, there is this gap that always still exists because the two camps never really talk. But the moment you do start to align and dovetail these two streams, there is so much of customer insight that can really create so much additional value within every single major organizational process as you go ahead and, and automate it. So that was really the thought. And I think it's, it's a clarion call to people across both camps to really start collaborating more and more and bringing their tools and their understanding of the cycle together. There's a great example, our mutual colleague Rob Koplowitz has published in a recent report. What he's done is he's kind of looked at a simple aspect of a customer journey, right? So he's, he's looked at notifications. So he's taken an, uh, the example, I believe, of an airline company, and he's tried to chart out the, the story that the airline is trying to paint with the customer along a journey through just the notifications that it provides. But then he's also gone one level below and really shown you to create that consistent story across the customer journey, journey through these notifications, how many internal touch points, some of which are manual and some of which might be automated, but then touch legacy systems or different parts of the organization. You know, how much of effort it takes internally to orchestrate the simple seemingly almost a magical journey, notification journey or notification storyboard for the customers. And I think that's where the value really is in integrating these two different camps and different approaches into one unified view of the customer and the process that therefore makes it possible for both sides to understand what impacts what and therefore address it in a holistic way rather than just, as I said in the beginning, you know, the, the elephant analogy where different blind men are trying to understand what an elephant looks, looks like by touching different parts of uh, the elephant. I think that's where we are today and where we need to head is in having this holistic view of the entire journey and bringing together CX and process tools in service of the journey. I love it. Leslie Joseph, thank you so much for joining me today on the CX cast. Thanks, Angelina, for having me. This was great. Everyone else, until next time, thank you for joining the CX cast.